Hallelujah. How good it is to sing to our God, for praise is pleasant and lovely. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. He gathers Israel's exiled people. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Our Lord is great, vast in power. His understanding is infinite. Psalm 147, verses 1 through 5. And good morning, IBCM. What a great day. This is the day the Lord has made. We rejoice. We sing praises because it is pleasant and lovely. We sing praises to a vast, mighty, merciful God. Aren't you glad to be alive this morning? Aren't you thrilled that God woke you up and has given you a fresh day and a fresh week to experience Him in your life? I'm glad for you. Well, welcome to our morning devotional on a Monday morning, April the 12th. It's hard to believe that this month is almost half over. I pray that you had a great week, a great weekend, a great week last week also, but I hope you had a great weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed our time of worship yesterday, and uh, it was so inspiring to sing praises with you, even though it was online and I couldn't hear you singing. Uh, I imagine that you were singing along, or we did, imagine that you were singing along with us as we worship together. Well, this morning we move to a new section in the Proverbs, beginning with Proverbs 10, about the uh, chapters 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So those, those six chapters are a collection of Solomon's uh, wise sayings that are couched or are written in, in contrasts. So the, there is a statement made and then an opposite. So for example, just to share with you an example, verse 27 of chapter 10 says, the fear of the Lord prolongs, prolongs life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. So about six chapters of, uh, of these kinds of contrast between those who were godly, wise, righteous, live on purpose for God, and those who are not. As we begin to think about these uh, chapters in the book of Proverbs, and as I'm thinking about the four verses we're going to read this morning, we're going to read uh, chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. As I think about uh, what I have already read and meditated this morning before, uh, before you, uh, I think of this statement. Life decisions have consequences. Life's decisions have consequences. Let me explain what I mean. My freshman year in college was a disaster. I was at a small college in Montana in the U.S. on an athletic and academic scholarship. And I got caught up with the wrong kinds of people who influenced me in a, a very sinful way. And the year turned out to be a disaster. I, I did not make good grades. I was not performing well as an athlete. I, I felt like a prodigal child. 
uh, before my father, both my earthly and my heavenly father. And, and I, just, I needed a change. I felt like I needed a change in life. And so the best I could, I prayed, even though I felt far from God at that moment, I, I, I stopped and I prayed and I asked God to help me decide how to change my life. And the first thing that came to my mind, which I think the Holy Spirit brought it to my mind, the first thing that came to my mind was I needed to change a venue. I needed, I needed to change my location. I needed to be away from those people who had become a, a, uh, a bad influence in my life. And I needed even to move away from pursuing an, an athletic career. And so in prayer, through prayer, I made the decision to leave behind my athletic scholarship and transfer to a new college that was far away from Montana. It was in Oklahoma. And so I made the decision to transfer to Oklahoma Baptist University. And that was one of the best decisions I made in my life. That decision had consequences. I met two people who changed my life. I met a collegiate minister on the campus who took me under his wing and discipled me and helped me to return to God. And then I met, a few years after I transferred, I met someone named Cindy Thompson who became my wife, my lifelong partner in life. That one decision made huge, a huge difference and fantastic consequences in my life. The opposite could have happened. I could have decided to stay, or I could have decided to go somewhere else, and the consequences would have been different. You see what I mean? Life's decisions have consequences. I'm going to pray, then we're going to read these four verses in Proverbs chapter 10. They're going to talk about consequences and decision-making and the difference that makes. Father, we just want to pause and rejoice in this new day. We thank you, God, for life. Thank you for putting uh, a, a heartbeat in our heart. Thank you for putting breath in our lungs. Thank you for giving us energy. Thank you for waking us up this morning. We are grateful to you. And as we read from the Psalms, praise of such a mighty, loving, amazing God is sweet. It's pleasant. It's priceless. And so we are starting this day in joyful praise. And now as we read and think about your word, we're asking your Holy Spirit to help us draw some conclusions that will be applied to our lives and make a difference in how we live for you. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let's read now Proverbs 10, verses 1 through 4. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son heartache to his mother. Verse 2. Ill-gotten gains do not profit anyone, but righteousness rescues from death. 3. The Lord will not let the righteous go hungry, but he denies the wicked what they crave. And finally, verse 4. Idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands bring riches. 
You see, life's decisions have consequences. Now let's think about this for a minute. What does this reveal to us about God? I thought this through, and here's what the Lord uh, revealed to me, what the Lord taught me this morning. God has built order in life, but he has not created us as puppets on strings that he manipulates. He is sovereign ruler, but not a programmer. He has given us will. He's given us a brain. He's given us the ability to make choices. And then he allows us either to suffer or to benefit from those consequences. And he is present in those decisions. He is present to give us wisdom, to give us leadership, to give us guidance if we will listen and pay attention. If we do not, then he allows us to suffer the consequences. If we do, then we get to enjoy the benefits. But still, God has grace and mercy. He stands ready with grace and mercy to pick us up when we make a poor decision to restore us and to redeem us. That is the vast, mighty, wise God whom we worship. And that's what Solomon is wanting us to understand here in these first four verses. We're not robots. We're not puppets. We're not programmed software. We are people created in God's image with the ability to make decisions. And decisions have consequences. So a wise son brings joy to a parents, a foolish heartache. If we seek uh, gain uh, without integrity and with corruption, we suffer the consequences. But if we live a righteous life, even in dire circumstances, God rescues us. So, consequences. Uh, let, me, let me share four ideas here about consequences. Sin is a consequence. It's a consequence of rebellion, of taking life into our own hands. And sin sets up strains in the structure of our lives and in our relationships that lead to breakdown, decay, and heartache. We see that in verse 1. In verse 2, we see that some consequences are caused by decisions we make in bad circumstances. For example, Joseph. Now, he, he was in Egypt, and that was a bad circumstance, not of his making. He was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, and there he found himself in Egypt as a slave. The decision Joseph made in that bad circumstance and the bad circumstances that followed, being, thrown, being falsely accused, thrown in prison, forgotten, Joseph made a decision, and his decision was to honor God, to trust God, to worship God. And you know the rest of the story. So, sometimes the greatest opportunity we have to make a wise choice and to experience the glory of God is when we are experiencing bad circumstances, difficult situations, oftentimes of someone else's doing. But if we're under, if we're suffering the consequences of someone else's poor decisions, that does not give us a loophole for making poor decisions of our own. See, in that circumstance, we have a 
choice to continue to, to decide to follow Jesus, to trust God, to wait upon him to rescue us and restore us. The third thing uh, I note here is though, is, though life may at times seem very unfair, verse 3 talks about the comparison between the righteous and the wicked. And sometimes it seems the wicked have the upper hand. So sometimes life seems very, very unfair. But here's the lesson in verse 3. God's justice will be applied in the end. God will not let the righteous go hungry. And the fourth thing from, uh, from verse 3 is that true riches come, sorry, verse 4, true riches come to those who are not perfect, yet who continue to pursue righteousness, goodness, godliness. Idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands hands bring riches. And I don't think Solomon's only talking about a big bank account. He's talking about eternal riches. So true riches come to those who are not necessarily perfect. None of us are. Yet we pursue righteousness. When you boil all that down, thinking about the fact that decisions have consequences, that God has given us the freedom and the ability to make decisions. He offers himself to us. He, those of us who are in Christ, he implants in us the Holy Spirit to teach us and to correct us and to give us wisdom and equip us and empower us to make good decisions. To those who are not followers of Jesus, God is still at work in their lives and he makes himself available for people to come to him. Here's, here's the application. When, when I meditate on this passage and think about what we've just been talking about, this arouses, or maybe I should say, this rekindles in me the desire to approach life prayerfully. Here's why. Because this helps me realize that any decision that I make may have long-term consequences. Any decision I make may have long-term consequences. This is what Solomon wants his son, who he is writing to, to understand. And this is what the Holy Spirit is teaching me today, and I hope he's teaching you as well. That I need to approach life prayerfully. So here's my response to God in this passage. Here, here's, my, here's my determination in obedience. Two words, pause and pray. That is the approach to life that we see in Jesus. When we read through the Gospels, we note that in the middle of a busy teaching and healing uh, ministry, Jesus would often stop and he would go away to a solitary place. He would pause and pray. Now, here's the application for us. I don't have to physically stop what I'm doing, although sometimes that's beneficial. And I don't necessarily have to go far away up into a mountain 
or out into the forest or a wilderness, which is sometimes an appropriate thing to do. But because the Holy Spirit abides in us who follow Jesus, at any moment, I can push the pause button and I can retreat into the, my inner self and I can pray. And quite frankly, just being, just being uh, very transparent with you, I need to do that much more often. How about you? Pause and pray. This must be my approach to life. Which reminds me of what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, one of the shortest but most powerful verses in God's Word, when Paul wrote, Pray constantly, or in some translations, pray without ceasing. We do this because we understand that the future sometimes hangs in the balance in the moment of decision. Choosing wisely can never be fully trusted by a gut feeling or a hunch or the human heart. And so what do we do? We pause and pray. And as we begin our day today, as we are starting a new adventure today, let's do that right now. Let's pause and pray. Father, right now, we pause our activities. Whether we're getting ready for work or school or the market or house cleaning or anything, we are stopping, we are pausing right now and we are approaching you and praying and asking you that by the powerful presence of your Holy Spirit, that you will remind us throughout the day today and in the days ahead to consider how consequential any decision may be and that we will consider the reality that apart from you, we can do nothing. But when we abide in you and acknowledge and realize and experience that you abide with us, we can ask anything and you will provide, you will do, you will furnish. And so Lord, right now we're pausing and praying and asking you to give us the courage, the insight, the discernment, the discretion, the integrity, and everything that include, is included in your character to make the kinds of decisions that will bring eternal fruit and eternal riches. Lord, we also thank you and acknowledge that you are a God of great mercy and grace. And so we know that even when we fail and even when we make bad decisions, though we may suffer some painful consequences, you are there to forgive us, to pick us up, to set us back on our feet, and to move us forward in your direction for our life. And in that thought, we give you praise and thanksgiving. You are a good God, and we love you. Lord, we also want to pray that you will bring this pandemic to an end. And we realize that back in Metro Manila, 
it seems to be getting worse. More and more cases and more and more deaths, and hospitals overrun. It's the same here in the States and in many places around the world. Father, we're just asking you to do something to bring this pandemic to a close. In the meantime, we take this opportunity to lean into you, to lean on you, to saturate our minds with your word and our hearts with praise as we trust you even in these difficult days. We pray you'll keep us healthy. We pray that you'll um, give us the, the discernment to be cautious and to make wise decisions in our relationships and in our moving about as we come and go. And we thank you for loving us and providing everything we need according to your riches in Christ Jesus. It's in this we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Remember, throughout the day, pause and pray and make wise decisions. Have a great day. Again, God bless. Remember, I love you, and we pray for you every day, and I will see you in the morning.